Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 90. We're getting up and real close to the 100s, guys. How's everybody doing? <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't get away from complaining about weather in your how you're doing every time. Now I'm freezing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Last episode, we're like, it's so hot. When will it be cold? <laughs> and now it's cold. And I'm like, I can't feel my fucking toes. <laughs> it's yeah. always a dynamic with us. It's so and cold. I know. I know, I know our cold is fake, but I still I know, do. I mean, I'm looking right now, and it is presently 61 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, I don't care, that's cold, <laughs> I'm cold, I'm cold once it hits 70 and under, all right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, and there's a really strong wind right now, I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, my front my front yard is going to be clean of all the leaves that that tree has dropped because of the <laughs> and, and they'll all end up in your neighbor's yard. <laughs> yes, they're they're all going to be shaking their fists in the air at me. Yes. <laughs> other than being cold, it actually plays right into the fact that I am right now presently trying to figure out how to watch Hallmark on tv the hallmark, <laughs> hallmark channel yes because of all the christmas movies the holiday stuff that's going to be coming out i am a sucker for all the actually in the beginning of the pandemic one of the things that i did to kind of like get myself out of the funk is watch christmas movies like mm-hmm. like wow. christmas romances <laughs> like the, in, the in- life, lifetime movie type genre stuff um, in in february <laughs> yeah when well no not in february in march and april okay <laughs> um but right now they have this um every year they have like a whole list of new movies that they're releasing and they seem to be the channel that like has the most new ones every year and so i'm trying to figure out a way to find it but i don't have cable and my tv is smart but not that smart and they (laughs) don't have on the ps4 um it's not an app that's available so wow um, i'm trying to see if maybe i can get it through amazon prime i haven't looked um, to confirm or deny that that is a possibility, but that's where I am right now because I'm generally <laughs> not a big Christmas person, but this year I feel like starting early. You know what? You're not too far off from being correct. I actually had, uh, we had a family game night where we played Monopoly on Friday night and I was sitting with the the family and I was like I need to talk to you guys and they're like about what they thought oh shit what was she gonna say you know she sounds so serious and I'm like I am going to decorate early for Christmas (laughs) (laughs) and they're like that's what you had to tell us I'm like yes because (laughs) like usually I decorate um like at the beginning of December I go but that's only like a month of decorations and because of the pandemic and everything I just want to put it out there already yeah so I just mm-hmm. found my decorations and I'm probably going to start this week to just decorate for Christmas. Yeah, I 
as a kid and growing up in my family, we always would go to buy our Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and then it would take a while because my mother insisted on having a white flock tree, which I don't know why, but she did. <laughs> so we would have to wait to pick it up a few days later. But um, that's always been my my thing. And so I uh, with my roommates in college and uh, my roommates after college, I tried to do that. But then when I got older and more responsibilities, it just like it, it the date just went later and later. And now I'm lucky to just get it up by Christmas. So <laughs> I, one year I went to Big Lots and bought a tiny little tree and just put it on top of a table. And the only reason I did that is because my niece was coming to visit and I needed somewhere to put the Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> but this year I told Eddie actually just the other day, I already feel like putting the Christmas tree up. Yeah. I mean, you, you want a little bit of, I don't know, festive holiday cheer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, what's up with you, Jen? What's going on there? Uh, well, Christmas came early because of the elections and we got our <laughs> fucking results, man. I can finally sleep. Oh my, my gosh. God. Absolutely. Like on point, dude. I mean, People that would not vote regularly came out and voted. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, I swear to God, like when I went to vote, I was like, please. I mean, I was really on the fence. I really thought that we weren't going to make it, you know. Um, But I'm so glad that everybody who voted out there proved me wrong. That little doubt inside me is no longer there. I'm so happy. I sometimes I look at these videos on Instagram and stuff and I just kind of shed a little tear because I'm just so happy. Mm. I'm so happy. And thank you to everybody that voted. Every single one of you are great in my book. Yeah. Like, honestly, like I was losing sleep, like, cause they didn't give the results out until like, what, like two, three days afterwards. Yesterday. (laughs) Yesterday. Yeah. So we voted on Tuesday and we didn't get our results until Saturday. Yes. Uh-huh. That's five days, man. Yes. Five fucking days. Jesus Christ. And I was I was like big stressing, like yeah. Like I was just all like, man, what am we gonna do? Like relatively speaking, we're kind of fine because we're in Los Angeles and stuff like that. But every place has their like fucking enclave of 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 racial terror. So and in California, that's basically all of the valley. Um um so it's just a, like, even though, like, you're in L.A. and, you know, California bleeds blue or whatever, there's still spaces here that are not safe. And people would have been, like, would have felt empowered if Trump had won again. And who knows how that would have gone. But I'm just, I'm, like, so relieved. Above all everything else, I'm just relieved that he lost. Yes. Like, so oh, that's, that's, the, that's the biggest feeling. Oh, most definitely. I mean, come on, on our dra- on our drive to to uh, to Modesto um, last yes. year, we just yeah. saw a bunch of Trump signs all on the on the freeway or highway. I don't know what mm-hmm. they call them over there, but um, I was like, "But we're in California, and we're not even too far from LA." No, it's just a no. whole different world out there. It is. Yeah, I mean, you're talking uh-huh. about the hometown area, the Central Valley of California is very very red um redneck truck high uh trucks um what do you call it um lifted trucks gun racks i mean i grew up with a stepfather who had a lifted truck and a gun rack in his truck um and so i grew up in that environment and um 
moved away from, you know, when I went to college and uh, came back. And I think I was a little bit blind to it because I was so close to it until I left it and then was able to come back and look at it with more worldly experienced uh, eyes and to really see, oh my gosh, like this is like some really crazy stuff here. And I still have... um, I still have people on my Facebook that live in town that share some very questionable stuff that I refuse to unfriend because I, I want to know what is being said. I want to know what the other side thinks. And I want to know how, you know, how I can, how I can fight it. And some of them, I'm actually, you know, I, I've never, I would never hang out with them. I don't, I'm just Facebook friends with them, but others, I actually would go to lunch with them or I would hang out or whatever. And we have some dialogues uh, about a lot of this stuff. And I feel like um, it, it's helpful to me, for me to do that, to try to understand from a, from a psychology, a social psychology aspect of why people believe what they believe. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it boggles my mind the amount of people, even in my town where I live now in the South Bay of Los Angeles, that are on Facebook in the in the Facebook groups um, where it's like concerns of, you know, your city or whatever. And <laughs> like the, the racist stuff that they spew and just the the Trump you know, 2020 and all oh, the poor little old man around the corner. He had pictures of Melania and Trump in his window for months. And he, <laughs> had this, he has a sticker on the back of his car that says, uh, I ride the Trump train, which makes me laugh. I want to be like, sir, you know, the visual that that gives me every time <laughs> I see that hilarious oh my god but today i went by his house and the pictures were all gone and i was like oh Mm -hmm. i kind of felt a little bit sad for him he's an older man he's a marine veteran i assume because he has the the flag in his window and stuff like that but i honestly no lie feel like i want to go and talk to him and be like like what is it that you saw in this candidate and what were the things that encouraged you to support him and just I feel like that's the place that I want to come from moving forward because I felt so fucking inspired by um, Biden's speech uh, Mm. uh, last night about you know we can't look at people on the other side as our enemies they're Americans and even I would go farther than that they're just fucking human and mm-hmm. like, I, I want to be able to continue to find a way for everyone to work together. And mm-hmm. I just, it's, it's frustrating because there's also part of me that's just like, no, like there's no getting into, uh, getting, getting into the head of a, a racist douchebag. Like, how are you going to change their <laughs> mind? I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like I, 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 I want to hold on to hope. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're certainly a lot more kind than, or like, have more patience than me because I'm like, they called, they said, "Fuck your feelings." Well, fuck them right back, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Oh you my god! Like, I'm not gonna hold any like patience for people who look at me at less as less than human because that's mm-hmm. that's that's for me that's my feelings mm-hmm. is that. They celebrated when in 2016 because they could get to treat me like shit. 
to make me feel like shit just because who I am not just like as a brown woman but also as a queer woman Mm -hmm. as well and so now I'm just like I'm gonna flaunt my gay brown ass everywhere like fuck y'all you know uh looking at the map of the red and the blue really Mm. made me um like be able to visualize all the places in the United States that now after all of what I've seen and heard and experienced over the last four years, all the places across the nation that I literally would have fear of going to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That's super sad. That's super, super sad. And I do think that I lived in, um, I, I lived in a little bit of a bubble, not really a bubble, but like, I don't, I, I, as a, as a Latina, as, you know, uh, a, a woman, I feel like I probably have experienced some forms of racism, but not as many ironically, from where I grew up, uh, <laughs> uh, um, as what a lot of people can say. And maybe I was just fucking blind to it. I don't know. But like this last couple of four years, like to have it thrown in my face so blatantly and to see how many, just like you said, Jen, how many people in this nation look at me as less than because of the color of my skin or where my ancestors hail from, um, mm-hmm. which ironically as well is from here before they were here. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I think that, um, over the past four years, I have become more aware of how much fear I should have had all along, if that makes sense. And that to me is really sad. No, yeah, that that makes that makes sense to me. I think because of how I grew up in LA and how I like uh, I was very aware mm-hmm. of my brownness and how people viewed me because mm-hmm. simply just my even even in when I was in school in high school, how my own teachers treated me as apart from other students, it became very aware to me that there was a disparity here. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it's just, uh, uh, but it, I, I will say this about the election. It made me view the South a bit different too, mm-hmm. because, uh, because of the, I never really looked at the breakdown of the maps until I looked at Texas and how it was very, it was blue for like a day. Yeah. Before they started counting everything in. And the places that were blue were the big cities. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is across all of the South, actually, yeah. is where there was the population density was higher. Those counties tended to be blue. Right. But they were just so overwhelmed by gerrymandering and mm-hmm. the and their other districts that they couldn't have the opportunity to be blue, except for Georgia, that finally flipped blue. Mm-hmm. And that was due to organization yeah. and just a, a, like a strong outpouring of support. And I thought that made me that made me realize that when I do have my own biases and stuff like that about how I view the other half of the country, that I really shouldn't because I I realized that giving up on some of these states is 
the wrong thing to do because never in my mind, never in my wildest imagination would I have uh, envisioned Georgia, a southern state, turning blue yeah. ever. I thought that place was red to its core, mm-hmm. but it's not. And I realized that I had kind of had this dismissive attitude towards the South and people from the South that I realized was unfair to them and to the people living there and the minorities that were living there too, because Mm -hmm. this was possible. Georgia was possible because of the minorities that are living there. And I was just giving up on them. And it just made me really like examine how my own views and biases as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, here in Compton, really love the um the unity and the activism i mean the cowboy uh the compton cowboys uh did uh like a demonstration (laughs) where they rode their horses along with the crowd of people to uh deliver their their ballot you know encouraging the people of compton to vote and make their voices heard so that was really amazing i my neighbor i came out to go run an errand and she's like are you voting you got (laughs) like that is that's wonderful like you know keeping us accountable just you know just next door Mm -hmm. just letting us know that it's it's wonderful and she's like she's like I voted I bailed mine in right away and stuff like that so I was like I'm so glad that people you know were choosing to vote and did in fact vote I actually do keep some of the Trump supporters on my Facebook page as well and right when they announced the president uh, one of the people that I follow or, you know, are, are friends with me, they're like, oh, the, this, our poor, our poor beloved country is in the hands of a, a man with Alzheimer's and uh, a bitch who slept her way to the top. And mm-hmm. so then I didn't respond except, uh, oh, no, I did respond. I said, uh, well, I'd rather have them representing our country than some stupid asshole who's <laughs> a jerk. And then he didn't <laughs> say anything, right? But then, uh, then I got the bright idea and I and I found Melania Trump's nude photograph and then I said, oh, I guess <laughs> sleeping your way to the top isn't some a new concept or something like that. And I posted a picture and a lot of people liked it. <laughs> I was like, um, you know, we... I mean, I banter with him all the time, but honestly, we we can't keep quiet either. But yes, yeah, sometimes it can be really intimidating, especially like you were saying, Kristen, like if you go to some place that you might not be welcome and they will let you know you're not welcome. Yeah, I have um, a, I had the privilege of in my area, I grew up um, in a predominantly white middle-class neighborhood and my stepfather was white and my mother is actually pretty light I mean when you look at her you can tell she's Latina but she's pretty light um and I'm a hundred percent follow in my father's uh, side of the family (laughs) um super dark and more like um uh like Indian Aztec Mayan whatever features and um and I looking back at it can see how that protected me probably from a lot of racism Um, because I didn't I didn't live in an area where the cops you know came and and uh, drove by the the houses all the time or you know bothered the kids playing in the street minding their business or whatever and so I didn't see that and it wasn't until I started until I moved to Los Angeles and I started working with those populations that I started to see um, the active racism uh, in 
these communities here in LA and to be able to then now take that and my experiences um, with those communities and see that, yes, that was happening in my hometown. I just had um, the privilege of not being around it and seeing it all the time. Because if I speak now to the uh, my adult friends of color who lived in my hometown, they have a completely different story and experience than I do. So um, it, it's it's definitely been a, 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 a learning experience for me when it comes to racism and my own um, my own experiences and the things that I, I never saw in my hometown. So, um, and like I said, I've, I was so energized by not just Biden's speech, but by the grassroots activism in so many of these states that they got out there and they've been working for since the day that Trump was elected in 2016, they had been out there working and, you know, doing outreach and making sure people understood the issues and how it affected them and how the system affects them and how they can make change. And the fact that we saw so many of those swing states turn so strongly uh, blue is such a such a nod to how amazing uh, those grassroots uh, groups and activists uh, can, how amazing they are and how they can really affect change. Absolutely. And uh, I'd like to just also um, point out that a lot of first-generation Latinos here encourage their parents to vote or, mm-hmm. or, or, or um, help them with the paperwork, help them uh, with the mail-in ballot, or took them to the polls to get their voices heard. Um, I know, for instance, one young lady who she helped her, her uh, aunt vote, she helped her mom vote, like everybody that was on the fence on whether they should vote and it was a little extra trouble. She went out there and she helped them out, cast her, helped them cast their vote. So, I mean, shout out to all those first generation Latinos who were helping your parents through this, through this process of actually voting. Absolutely. There's actually an organization called Voto Latino that specifically works on, um, on really supporting um, communities to help get their Latino members out and involved in their, in, in, uh, in their elections and um, educating them of what's going on and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure it's a um, nonprofit. And if you go to votolatino.org, you can find out more information. I mean, Honestly, um, Biden wasn't my wasn't my first um, pick as uh, in the primaries. And um, I I think that there are a lot of issues still with him and and that we've just seen the first step of moving forward. But this by no means as Latinas and as people Mm -hmm. in these communities, there's there is really just more of, uh, I think, like a fire under people to be like, see, you can make a change, and we still need to fight. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, 100%. for this, for this uh, election, it was all hands on deck. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, and a massive waves of support. Um, a lot of people helping other people. A lot of people keep reminding you, like, don't forget to vote. Don't forget to vote. You don't have your mail-in ballot. Go to the polls. Do your homework. Like, it just was ongoing, like, all the way through. And I, I'm just, I can't believe I'm living in this moment in history. So, like, I'm really excited and emotional. And so, like, I know it's just the beginning, but I'm so grateful that we're here now. So. I think it's time for what time is it? <laughs> what a beautiful for the segue. <laughs> because es la hora de la cervecita. Yay. And, and oh, honestly, yeah. this is a, a really great uh, segue because we are um, tasting a beer today that is um it's a beer that is a collaboration with, if you remember, um, we uh, interviewed um, Edgar from Beer Thug Life and his beautiful wife, Maria. Um, and he is, um, he has partnered with um, the, what is this? The, um, the, uh, I, why, I keep wanting to say the showroom, but <laughs> It's not the showroom. The Common Space, <laughs> Common Space Brewery in Hawthorne, California. And um, he collaborated with them to make this amazing beer called Protect the Hood. Now, uh, it is a double dry hopped hazy double IPA um, made with Lupo Max, Citra, Simcoe, and um, I don't know what Vic secret is, but it might be a secret. Um, and it's an 8.5% uh, ABV. And there's a little um, there's a little description on the back about what protect the hood beer is all about. So um, it says a vision of empowerment for the hood. Artist King Cast of Vendetta Studios created the Protect the Hood uh, Palatero project to bring attention to the struggles the immigrant worker endures. Local street vendors had it hardest during the COVID-19 pandemic as they were the target of brutal robberies, leaving many without means to make an honest living. Our community, our culture is rooted in the pride of earning one's living through good, honest, hard work, which is why we are proud to bring together the collaborative efforts of Vendetta Art Studio, Beer Thug Life, Represent Limited, Hip Hop Craft, and Chelas Mundial to present a beer brewed from the dedication and passion to our crafts. And then it says, from our hood to yours, salud. Yeah, definitely. That is incredible. I... Honestly, the can for it is really nice too. I really like how it looks. It's in black and white and it yeah. has like uh old English uh font. <laughs> the old English font and there's like a strip of like the bandana designs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did notice that. Yeah. Uh, right now, laugh later, right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's very it's it's very it's very hood. <laughs> it is. Where's the teardrop? Where's the three little, where's the three little um, dots? They're right there, don't you see them? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it is all IPA when you open it up. It hits your nostrils like nothing else. Yeah, so, uh, actually, this um, this one, uh, actually, this release just went down on Saturday, and I was able to purchase these beers on the Common Space website, um, and then pick them up at my leisure uh, between today and tomorrow. 
Yeah, no, for a Saturday and Sunday. And on uh -huh. Saturday, uh, they they hosted an event. A very they were very strict. There was a very limited amount of people because of COVID. Um, they had everything set up perfectly. Uh, they had a little patio area where people can eat, and that was only on reservation only. So they were very on top of social distancing. Um, and then they had. Um, the table where you could buy merchandise and then where you could pick up your beer. So it was like really nice and it looks super nice. I actually thought that I could walk up and possibly order it on tap, yeah. but you, you couldn't buy tap unless you had a reservation a table, a table yeah. which I think is brilliant because that's how you crowd control. Yeah. I have, um, I have a restaurant here in the area that they the tortilla cantina, but their big draw is that they have like over 35 beers on draft. And I, I go there to mostly drink their food is all right. But, um, I went there to have a beer one time, just a beer. And they forced me to buy food during COVID times. <laughs> you have to buy food. To <laughs> I'm like, okay. But, um, this beer itself is, um, very unique. And I, a lot of people say unique when they're trying to hide that they don't like it. I actually really like it, but I can't identify the taste that I'm tasting. Well, for one thing, I feel that it's really light and the carbonation is a little lower than most. Really? It, Do you think? But it's really, but it's real. I, I feel like there's a, a little, not as much carbonation as I've had in other beers, uh -huh. but um, there is, there's like a, Oh, a fresh light taste to it but that's really surprising because it's an 8.5 percent it not only that it's a double ipa yeah. yeah okay all right i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest here i thought i wasn't gonna like it <laughs> but i actually really like it um it's oh god what is that taste because you're right Kristen. there is a taste to it uh as a matter of fact there's like you know how that people say champagne is sweet? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like the, that's kind of what I'm tasting a little bit. Like it's, it's sweet to me, but it's like sweet to me too. Yeah. It's, it's sweet, mm -hmm. but I like the aftertaste is sweet. Then when you initially yes. sip okay. it, it does not, it does not taste sweet. It's you very, very hoppy when you yes. drink it. But then that aftertaste, I really, I'm really digging this aftertaste. Yes. Okay. So last week, I don't remember what beer we had, but that, aftertaste was so ipa and it mm -hmm. kind of started overpowering my palate and i couldn't enjoy the rest of the beer i mean i finished it off don't get me wrong but <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't have that and the no, taste is is it's like a, i don't i can't identify what the flavor uh makeup is like, am I, am I tasting pineapple? Am I tasting lemons? I can't tell. I'm, I would never be a good chef because my palate isn't that distinguished. All I know is I like it or I don't. And this is just, it, it's sweet in the way, like we're saying sweet, but it's sweet in the way that a beer is sweet. Like, it's not like it doesn't taste like a Coke or anything like that. Sweet, right. It's not, or, or even a cider. It's not sweet in the way yes. a cider is sweet. Right. Like, it's not yeah. sugar. It's. Mm -hmm. God, what is that? It's like I'm I actually really like it. I'm like yeah. really digging it. And it hit my tongue. It hit the sides of my tongue. And so you know mm -hmm. that our taste buds 
that are located in different spots on the tongue, they all mm -hmm. taste a different taste. They all like, I don't, I'm making this up because I don't know exactly which ones are what, but like the front tastes sweet, the back tastes, you know, sour. And then the sides taste, whatever I taste it. And I feel it on the sides of my tongue. Like it, it woke up my, my, my mm -hmm. tongue when I drank it right there on the sides. And it's just really, really good. Um, I definitely, I love hazy IPAs, no matter mm -hmm. what. Um, uh, I, I rarely find one that I don't like, but, um, the aftertaste that hoppy IPA aftertaste sometimes can be overwhelming, but this doesn't have that. So I'm very, very, uh, I'm very interested to know what it is that the beer makers say that the, that the flavors are. Well, I think it's Vic's secret. Like it's some kind of secret. Yeah, Vic secret. <laughs> because I'm, I, I'm reading over something. everything, and I'm just like, what is it? But it's 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 fresh and light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, like, when you drink this, you don't you don't think, oh my god, this is so heavy or so potent or whatever. I think this is the sleeper where like you're not tasting the alcohol and it'll just hit punch you in the gut once you're had your like second or third but seriously sarah um were there were there still um beers available yes um, when you went okay. yes i'm gonna get my car and go drive right now <laughs> <laughs> to common space and pick some up yeah and you know, you know what, what? You, you're absolutely right it doesn't taste like alcohol right right like it, it's uh oh my it's it's mm, my god it's I don't know if it's because they just you know they just canned it but it's just so refreshing mm -hmm. it's, it's it is it, yeah it's like exactly what a beer is on a hot day like and like, on a cold day it's warming me up nice and toasty. <laughs> yes it is I, maybe that's another thing is because I feel very warm right now. I'm honestly, <laughs> I'm taking like big sips of this thing too, because it's just, it's, it's very, um, uh, it's, it's very easy to drink. And like I said, yes. like, it, like, it's very, like, it's pretty hoppy when you first take a sip, mm -hmm. but it, that aftertaste, like I'm literally chasing that aftertaste. I know. This really is good. like some kind of magic that Edgar has because a lot <laughs> of his IPAs that we've tasted have that unique ability to not overpower you with that punch of a of a aftertaste um, at the end with that hoppy flavor and mm. um, a lot of the IPAs I've tasted that he's made it's like magic like he honestly he yeah. somehow has been able to identify the makeup of this beer so that you enjoy it for what it is and you still taste the hoppiness but it it doesn't ruin it where some ipas do some ipas they just i think some ipas are like the more hoppy uh i taste the more ipae i am and whereas mm -hmm. that may be true um it doesn't make for a good ipa mm -hmm. and to to be able to to taste the intricacies of all the flavor palette uh, of the beer and not have it be ruined by that hoppiness is actually a very 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 um amazing skill 
So shout mm-hmm. out to Edgar and all the, the, I'm sure he, you know, he, he's not the brewer, uh, by himself. He, this is a collaboration, but he so far has made magic with all the partnerships that he's had. Oh, he absolutely. Does. Um, he's definitely I, got a special touch. Oh yeah. And the, actually that's what I was going to go towards. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, uh, La Mano, La Mano Suave or La Mano Lija. Yeah where they, there's one person oh. that serves that serves a tequila for all the shots because it's that tan suave that you don't it doesn't hit you as hard or it doesn't burn going down like it's sort of like it's a wives tale of course but yeah, i yeah, feel yeah. that that edgar's collaborations tiene la mano suave uh-huh. you know what i mean like it's yeah. like está ligera la mano like i don't know like it really brings out the flavors and it doesn't bog you down with the heaviness of alcohol tasting which i yeah love. but i already have maybe drank a quarter of it and i'm already feeling nice and toasty and as far as as the way that if it hits you it's ipa all the way <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah mm-hmm. you know what it feels like it feels like if i if i chug this that it would be like have you guys seen um Back to the Future Part 3, where Doc Brown is, he takes a shot and then he walks and he falls. That, that, <laughs> that, I feel like yeah. that's, I feel like this beer would do that. That's funny. Shotgun it. I, no, <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> okay, well, are we ready to rate it? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to okay. rate it. Yeah. So if um, listeners are not aware, we have a rating scale for our beer, which is a one to five rating scale with one being flaccid, two being initial, three out of five partial, four out of five full, a five out of five is a rigid and a beer that is so freaking amazing that we can't even stand it is a six out of five. And that is a super saiyan. So Sarah, what do you rate this beer? Well, the taste is definitely there. The percentage is absolutely there. Um, Like I said, I don't know if it tastes so damn fresh because it was just canned, but it's so (laughs) fresh and it just feels like, um, you know how when you taste something that's synthetic and you taste something that's real and there's a big difference? This this tastes so real to me. Um, not, Not counting the fact that it's for a good cause. You know, that, right. that sets it apart. Uh, that yeah. gives it an extra point. Right. Not only that, uh, like all the people that worked on this beer, uh, we have uh, represent LTD, Hip Hop Craft, Chelas Mundial. Um, and then they did, uh, they work with the art studio, VNDTA. Uh, I'm assuming for the artwork, which is amazing. Um, and the distribution by Common Space Brewery. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go Super Saiyan on this. It <laughs> it was a real surprise to me. Uh, honestly, I also didn't think it was gonna be a Super Saiyan. I thought it was just gonna be like just a beer, but it really has blown my mind. Mm-hmm. So I, for the beer, am going to give it a rigid, a five out of five. But just like you said, because of the um, because of the cause that it is supporting um, the local street vendors uh, and the um, the uh, Palatero project, um, that gives it an extra point. So I am also going to give it a Super Saiyan. Mm-hmm. This is Jen. And yeah, I was going to go initially with a rigid as well, because honestly, this is 
this is really good and i'm honestly really really confused as to how he's made this <laughs> how he's made this taste so good and so sweet but not like not like a cider sweet it's very unique to him and his beers but also just overall yeah. like i don't think i've ever t- had this similar taste in another beer that is me it. either exactly. he's got he, there's something he, He's got, he, like you said, he's got la mano. He's got, he's got something. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's damn good. But honestly, the fact that this is going to go support street vendors and stuff like mm-hmm. that, because my parents are street vendors, mm-hmm. it's like you're good in my book, dude. So super saying. <laughs> oh my god, guys! <laughs> saying, when was the last time we had a super saying? I think monkey? we only did sticky monkey. Yeah. Oh my god! All so around super done- saying. We've done one more that was Super Saiyan. Oh, really? It could be a, a, a Bracas. I think a Braxis. Oh, yeah. Brajas. I remember yeah, that one. That yeah. one was good. Yeah. yeah. I think it was that one, but I can't be sure. But um, for those of you who are wondering where you can purchase this beer, you can go on the Common Space website and see if they deliver to your area. or if <gasps> Oh, not- they deliver? Yes, they do. I mean, Hawthorne is very close to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or uh, you could pick it up at Common Space as well. Uh, It's on El Segundo. Or uh, they are also going to ship out to a craft beer liquor store. So if you you give your local craft beer uh, liquor store a call, maybe they will be carrying it. Again, this beer is called protect the hood so uh yeah look for it wherever you shop for your craft beer so that has been a super saint all around please let us know if you taste this beer let us know what your rating is we'd like to know and that has been our beer review all right guys what time is this chisme de la semana time what do we have today Kristen? get chisme nos traes hoy well, can we just bypass Cheeseman and drink more beer? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know about you, but I'm almost done with this. This is a big can. So yeah. today we actually have some good Cheeseman, like like Cheeseman, Cheeseman, like just not like um, whatever uh, fun we facts. Got this is some Cheeseman. So um, I don't know if you know, but there was a CW or there is a CW TV show that is slated to come out called Superman and Lois. How many, how many of these Superman TV shows have there been (laughs) over the years? (laughs) But um, I'm assuming that this was going to get the sexy CW um, novella treatment, (laughs) like all the other CW (laughs) DC TV shows. Um, but there was a writer who um, was writing for this show, uh, Nadria Tucker, um, and she this week on November 6th revealed that she was let go from the writer's room and on her way out, she alleged that there were multiple instances of sexism in that room. So she'd been a part of the writer's room um, on the CW's upcoming television series, uh, Superman and Lois, um, for a while. And apparently uh, it was slated to begin, I believe, filming in March. And then things got put back because of COVID. And um, and then, I, you know, like everything else, they started back up. Um, and uh, she, after she was let go, made the announcement on her Twitter that 
she got word this week uh, that she was being let go out of her contract um, and that it wasn't going to be extended. Um, she said that they told her her outline and draft were subpar. So, okay, you know, if they, you know, didn't like her work or whatever, that, you know, it, it could be true, could not be true. But what she came out to say was that this happened to her months after months of her flagging hashtag me too jokes in the dialogue. So um, other writers uh, were making me too mm-hmm. jokes in the dialogue to be said in the movies. And uh, Nadria was calling them out. She um, had to defend the Bechdel test. Um, so I'm assuming that she... SMH. He had to be like, look, we're not passing the Bechdel test. And if you guys don't know what that is, um, you know, it's that women, female characters, women characters in a book or movie or TV show or um, play or or play exist to further the plot without just being there talking. They have to have conversations together that are something um, other other than talking about men or relationships. Um, what's some of the other ones? They don't, um, they don't, I can't remember now what they are. But anyway, it's- But uh, the one that stuck in my head was the whole uh, conversations about men because that is so true. There are so many conversations that just like talk about men and relationships. We have Sex in the City. We have Kathy, the comic strip. I mean, yeah. and I, I was just thinking actually about this and I was thinking- our podcast does pass that. <laughs> Our podcast is freaking awesome. Yes. But, but anyway, continue on with the cheese man. Yes. Oh, and we so- just pass it simply because I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also this, uh, she says that she was fighting to ensure that only black faces on screen weren't villains. Exactly. Um, and that um, she was also trying to pitch stories for female characters that just continued to be ignored. So um, this is something that she tweeted on November mm-hmm. 6th. And she says, you know, um, I've been uh, assured by my other colleagues that were in those rooms with me that I was great in the room. So she she says, I know I'm not nuts. I debated whether to post this, but my own mental well-being demands that I do. The only way shit changes is to expose it. So there we go. That's the cheesement about Nadria Tucker, um, one of the writing room writers for Superman and Lois. She is a black um, writer and she had been working on this show for a while. And um, I'm not sure if she's done anything in the past, but um, this is some cheesement. CW has yet to come out to respond to it, but um, I am very interested to see if they will and when they if they do what they they'll say because this continues these things can there's no thinking in my mind that thinks that what she's saying is not true because these things continue to be issues in everyday life regardless if you're in a writer's room or not um and you know sexism patriarchy all that bs exists still to this day and um i i I actually, you know, support her coming out and being open and honest that this were these were her experiences because how many other female uh, women writers in the industry are dealing with this on an everyday basis? 
Not only 100%. that, uh, the, the wording that she uses, I know that I'm not crazy. And that's one of the things a lot mm -hmm. of these women mm -hmm. say. It's like, I thought I was going crazy. Am I... Am I even thinking right? Is this really going on or am I imagining this? Like that is actually what these people do. They make you question yourself and think that you're going crazy. So mm -hmm. I, I'm, I, I completely agree with you, Kristen. I think that uh, that's not far from the truth that the, this is actually happening and this is actually true. And I'm mm -hmm. glad that she spoke out. Most yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm more, I'm always more inclined to believe a woman in her experiences simply because it's what benefit does she gain from this? Like, nothing. Like, either like her career is ruined or she's yeah. telling the truth. Like, there's no, right. a lot of people say, like, oh, they're just doing this for attention. What attention? If it's fake, she's never going to get hired again. Right. Like, mm -hmm. that's not what this is about. Yeah. And, uh, like, but there, like there's a reason that the me too movement was strictly about hollywood because hollywood is toxic as shit right. so i'm i'm more inclined to believe that her experiences are real because we've heard the same story over and over and over again so i'm honestly like i'm glad that she was able to like leave that toxic environment but at the same time i'm so sorry that she had to go through this because yeah. it sucks yeah exactly um, there's other cheese too. I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I think it's uh, on hand that it's related to what we're just talking Ooh. about. So Johnny Depp leaves the role of Grind uh, Grindenwald for Fantastic Beast 3. I saw that. Uh, yeah, I saw that. He's no longer going to be playing that. And what the rumor is, is that it's related to the ongoing controversy surrounding his back and forth abuse abuse allegations between him and his ex-wife mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so uh abuse 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 hollywood shame on you yep yes that one's a whole nother hot mess that's I going know. on i don't know a lot about that one i know that there's so many allegations going back and forth but um i think that for a long time there hasn't been a lot being said about me too. And so, and there's so many other shit going on that we're all having to deal with, but I think it's worth it for things like this to keep being brought up to the forefront to say, look, this isn't over. It's still happening. We still have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. Just imagine all the, all the people that are in a relationship and living together under the same roof during quarantine where they have been instances of abuse, domestic yeah. abuse and so forth. So that's another can of worms that we haven't even like looked into, but I'm sure the abuse rates have gone up since the quarantine mm -hmm. and social distancing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, also Jen, you have some cheese man. I do, and it's not as spicy as both of your guys'. Um, it's just something that I'm excited about, but HBO has uh, reportedly picked up uh, one of my favorite books, Cersei by Madeline Miller, to be adapted into um, a, a miniseries. I believe it's oh, going to uh, like series. Oh, yeah, cool. it's a mini series. So it's probably going to be like maybe like anywhere between four to six episodes. Uh, and it is adapting, uh, like I said, Madeline Miller's Cersei, which tells the story of the Greek Titaness uh, Cersei, who encountered Odysseus uh, on his grand odyssey. <laughs> 
Uh, and it's, I'm really, really super Is excited. Is that where it. that name comes from? I mean, that's where the term Odyssey comes from, from Odyssey. OD- Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't That's... know either. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I believe the roots of sorceress also comes from Cersei. What? Oh. Cersei the sorceress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just one of those things. But um uh, anyways, um the book itself was amazing and it addressed a lot of issues with um uh, with like you know like sexism and the treatment of women not only in ancient times but even as a like modern reflection about how women are viewed today in modern society and it was oh god it was so so good so you have like it a, about a, a book about uh a greek goddess uh that does magic doesn't exactly seem like a modern feminist work but it is it's it's really really good and it really addresses a lot of issues with like femininity and womanhood and just what exactly that means and family too uh and it's oh god it was it's such a great book I highly 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 recommend it I highly recommend anything Madeline Miller has done and she's only done like two or three works nice um um, but I was really super excited to hear about it what I was less excited to hear about was the fact that some of the directors on Mulan were being given the title oh, to no. direct. To direct this one? Yeah, to direct this one. And m- maybe it might turn out good because these are still, these are also the people that helped um, uh, launch. Sorry. Uh... Oh, yeah, they, they, um, uh, they did work for Planet of the Planet of the Apes trilogy, which is amazing. Yeah, it's really good. But the the main thing about Milan was that they it was a very white point of view, and maybe this will be perfect for them because it's about Cersei mm-hmm. and it's about Greek mythology. So that's very Western can't and very white. <laughs> can't get it. Can't get any whiter than that. So maybe they'll like put like now this is the one instance of put your whiteness to use because I want to see some good fucking shit. <laughs> like oh that should be a bumper sticker. Put your whiteness to use. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but um, uh, hopefully they do a good job, better than they did with whatever the hell Milan was. Uh, and it's more along the lines of what Planet of the Apes trilogy was in terms of quality. Um, but I'm really, really excited because it's going to be coming out on HBO Max, which I'm, looks like I another look, good one. Another good one. Looks like I'm finally going to be paying for HBO Max. Who knew? <laughs> Not me. I'm going to find a friend who has it. <laughs> uh, can you be my friend? <laughs> or I'm going to be the friend. Oh, my God. Oh, my. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but that I'll that was my you an HBO Max for a homework ch- homework channel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't seem fair equivalent. <laughs> and now guys, it's time for our book review and what are we reviewing today? Well, today we are reviewing Super Lucha Cats by uh Javier. Javier Solorzano. Oh look we got little stickers. 
Yes, we got little stickers and buttons. This comic book came to us via the old-fashioned way, guys. It actually is a, 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 it was a mail-in copy of uh, Super Luchador Cats, and it's going to be available for purchase uh, pretty soon, actually. Oh, so it's not available for purchase yet? I believe maybe I think in the next couple of weeks. No, you know what? Yes, it is available for purchase. They said it in October and I keep forgetting we're in November now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually in the back of the um, of the book in the back matter, there was um, some letters to the editor and one of the letters actually referenced the pandemic. So I'm assuming because the release date on the front says spring 2020. So I'm assuming it all kind of came out right as it all was like starting to happen. Right, right. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So um, this came to us from Javier himself. He was kind enough to give us two copies of the first issue. Um, can you guys give us a synopsis of the story? Um, so there are, okay, this is my synopsis. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with Cats and Luchador. <laughs> yeah, there's my synopsis. <laughs> Actually, yeah. The, I, Honestly, I, that's all you, all right, okay, no, hold on, hold on. When I was a kid and I would watch Saturday, Saturday and Sunday cartoons, whatever, I'm, the beer is getting to me. I have not eaten anything all day. <laughs> and then I drank an 8.5 beer uh that I, i'm done with and i wish i had more but uh there was a cartoon series that i loved called mucha lucha that was about oh i remember that yeah that was that take that cartoon you take tmnt and then you take like a little bit of a, a little bit of like um uh, the grim adventures of mandy of bill and mandy and you squish that all up and this is what Super Lucha Cats is. <laughs> and I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I very much enjoyed it. But that's it's it's very simple in design and in idea. And I loved it. Like uh, you reminded yeah. me of Mucha Lucha and I'm looking it up. I used to I was way older, but I remember <laughs> it and I remember seeing it. I remember loving how cute it was. It was I used to really cute. cute a lot too. So I used to watch cartoons. I still watch cartoons. But yes, <laughs> so I'm a actually I'm a big TMNT fan. Um oh, same. I, I love the lore. I love the story. And even though it was very super, super close to it um it was honestly it didn't I didn't mind it because I like it so much and I thought it was a, a very cute take on it with the cats where they the the woman found the cats and and just grabbed something close to little kittens and to put them in to keep them safe and it happened to be a luchador mask uh, <laughs> and somehow some magical stuff happens and they gain some powers from this mask and they grow up to be strong anthropomorphic luchador cats <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, I mean there there definitely is a nod to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because one of the cats's name is pizza mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah that's uh, what I thought too yeah, that was really cute. But I think my favorite name was Nopalito. Yeah, <laughs> that one was really cute. Uh -huh. I like that one too. So it it's it's a rainy night, 
or a dark and stormy night uh, and then these little <laughs> kittens are 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 in the cold and this woman was like what is that fuss and she comes out and there's these little kittens and the first thing she finds is her mask she just kind of grabs it from the from the shelf and puts the little kittens in it and they all fit in there because they're kittens yeah Mm-hmm. but somehow there's some magic involved and they have uh, become, uh, uh, what is it, anthropomorphic uh, cats. They become bipedal somehow. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, the woman that finds them, she was a luchadora herself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. A- as they develop the strengths and everything, she trains them to become heroes where she actually there's a little kind of like snippet where you see that she was actually a person also a a superhero maybe not a superhero but like a vigilante she's splinter yeah she's she's master she's She's their master master splinter Splinter. that's what she is and she's dope yeah (laughs) <laughs> i love how she's like you know i used to be out there that was saving uh the ones saving the people but time passed and it just it shows her go from a picture of her with you know young uh vibrant black hair and then to mm. gray hair in a trenza yes. yeah <laughs> very very grandma but still somehow very youthful because yeah. she was a luchadora mm-hmm. so and she teaches these cats uh as they grow up and she calls them her children which i thought was like really cool because that's how like i love my cats too uh and it was honestly everything about this book was very very endearing it was it's definitely an all-ages title um yes. um and I think one that can be very well easily read and passed on to. And you can easily see the influ- what it was influenced by. Um, but I I did I did enjoy it. It was a fast read, but it's it, it was still super entertaining. I would love, love, love to read more about it. And and I always complain, I don't know why I always complain about like shit, another fucking Lucha Libre thing. <laughs> and then I and did then I end up and then I end up reading it and I'm like, never mind, I fucking love it. Like <laughs> I I don't know. Like uh there's there's something about it that is just so I I don't know I don't know what it is. Like it's I, very endearing. Yeah, it's very endearing. And, and I think that's my attitude towards Lucha Libre itself because I did grow up, I did like Lucha Libre as a kid and stuff like that. But after like a while or whatever, it just it just wasn't for me anymore or like wrestling or any of that stuff. I just didn't really watch it. Yeah. Like I was just like if I want to see a fight, I'll just watch boxing. Um uh, <laughs> Yeah. No no like that's but in the end it's something that like and I kind of like fuss about it. Like I'm just like, oh my God, Lucha Libre again, wrestling again, blah blah blah. But then you know, I always end up enjoying it anyways. I the same. No I told what. Eddie was like, What are you reading today? So I told him Super Lucha Cast. He's like, Another Lucha Lore book. I'm like, I know. Don't <laughs> Latinos have anything else to write about? And I was also complaining, but I ended up liking it. Although, okay, when I first opened the book, I was like, so you see the front, it just says Super Lucha Cats, and it's a picture of the cats. But then you open it, and there's a byline. Um, it's Super Lucha Cats contra los vampiros de East LA. I was like, oh, there's going to be fucking vampires in this story. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited. But then mm-hmm. there wasn't very many vampires. Like, this, the, that part of the story was very tiny. And so that's my one complaint, because I was so excited about <laughs> vampires in east la but it was a very small part of the story which i'm sure is going to be 
um, developed and, and delved into more because this is only issue one. And he says he already has story for once for issues, for uh, issues two and three. Um, but I wanted more of it here. Um, so I, um, that was my one complaint is that I wanted more vampires. Well, <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the thing with books like the, with books like these, I think like the first couple of issues, they're a little bit held back on what on how ridiculous to make it don't hold back <laughs> yeah honest to god don't <laughs> hold back make it as ridiculous and as cheesy and as colorful and bright as you want it because that's what it is you're not hiding what the book is and i think and it makes for fun easy entertainment uh and i don't mean that as an insult like i i i think we could all use some something bright and fun in our lives and this is what this is it was bright and it was fun and it was, yeah and, and it, it made me feel happy and honestly that's sometimes that's all you need in a comic book you don't need deep examinations you don't need like a rhetorics into human life or whatever i mean those are cool as fuck too i like i very <laughs> much dig them but sometimes i just in this case want to read about uh, a pair of lucha libre cats fighting vampires throwing <laughs> <laughs> throw in more vampires, my guy. Throw in, yes. I don't know, throw in like some weird like samurai sword or what that gives them like super extra powers or something. Uh, like I honestly, the with with comic books like this, the more ridiculous it is, ridiculous it is, the more entertaining it is. And I yeah, would I, 100% pay for it. I got little snippets of little things like these are what each of their specialties are. These are their powers. This is the woman who found them and she used to be, you know, a vigilante. These are vampires in Bell Gardens and they're trying to take <laughs> over. Like I wanted more of everything. So I hope that the door, the story itself really evolves and I do get a little bit more of that because it is, it is one issue, but it seems super short. Um, and um, I love that tacos are like how Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have pizza. They have tacos. And they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they were so excited to get tacos for breakfast. Um, special yummy tacos made of peanut butter and salami. <laughs> you know what yeah. I, you know what I liked? I liked that uh, those two kids that uh, stumble into the vampire and cat fight. And uh, <laughs> and it seems to me like either they have a YouTube video or a podcast. Yeah, but, it looks like they were doing it, some sort of newscast or something. Yeah, mm. I think. It, but uh, mostly they made a reference to, oh, shit, the microphone wasn't on. Uh, was it recording? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, so I'm thinking podcast. I'm not, uh, uh. not really YouTube. <laughs> but I'm just like, what a sign YouTube of the too. times, you know, like, um, like they incorporated you know, our reality and the reality of kids right now with cell phones and having their own TikTok or whatever, or Instagram videos or whatever. So um, I really like that because I was like, oh, that could be us in the right, you put it in my head. They're definitely TikTokers. Like those kids are TikTokers. They're not YouTube. YouTube, uh, YouTube is so yesterday. It's not all about TikTok. So they're TikTokers now. But no, I like I said, you guys like you guys have already touched on uh, really endearing, really fun to read. Um, I really like the special touch of them actually introducing uh, like the backstory about them first. Mm -hmm. um, and how, yeah. And how they it was in a narration sort of like the mom telling the kids 
you know, how I met your dad or kind of thing. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like uh, telling them, she's like, I, I remember it as it was yesterday, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of like um, story. It's very, it's very maternal or paternal. Yeah. Maternal? Yeah. Paternal. Paternal. It's very, yeah. It's <laughs> so, very maternal. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. The artwork was really good too. I love, I love how they announced their Lucha moves before they do them (laughs) I thought that was cool um I want to see more of the vampires like you said I was like oh my god this is gonna be great so um and I love the whole taco thing just like you paralleled it to the pizza so in all in all this was just a first episode review I mean first issue review but uh already it just seems really endearing and really just kind of a fun read all ages Mm -hmm. I love how how entertaining it is and how fun it is to read. Definitely. So are we ready to rate it? Yes. Well, I'm going to give it three conchas. Um, I know we haven't gotten a lot of the story, uh, but I feel that it's a really good start. So I'm very excited to see what else happens in their adventures. Well, this is Kristen. I'm going to give it two conchas and hope that this, um, that that motivates, uh, <laughs> I'll be here to give you more, <laughs> but I really did enjoy the story overall. There was a lot that, um, I had questions about, like, who is this woman? Where'd she come from? Like, I want to know what she used to do, how I want to know more about her too. I know that it's called Lucha Cats, super Lucha Cats, but I want to know more about her. Like to me, Master Splinter was always really super super interesting and his story was just as interesting as the turtles so um i hope that we do learn more about her as well and yes more vampires and more uh fighting of the vampires and i think i got excited because i i just came off of watching the um brooklyn versus the vampires uh, (laughs) movie and so i was like yes more of that so um i'm gonna give it two conchas yeah this is jen and i'm I look, I hesitate to give three conchas to any issue number one, simply because it's the beginning of anything. And I usually, honestly, most of my thoughts to for issues number ones are you got to hook me and you know, but you got to like you still got to you know, like impress me and give me keep me curious about uh, all the other stuff. And this one did all of it. I was entertained. I was pretty impressed about this adaptation of uh, Hispanic uh lucha libre cat is team and tea uh style uh so i'm gonna give it two conchas uh because i i while i did love it and i did enjoy it a lot i i do want like more of like the vampires why do vampires exist in la like what's going on there mm-hmm. uh and i want to know more about uh their caretaker their mother uh what have you uh and i want to read more about their adventures i want I I really hope that there's like a pretty good story there as well. I know I said like make it as ridiculous as possible. Yeah, go ahead, go wild, go ham. But also that doesn't that doesn't stop it like you from trying to make a good story. And I think above all that's what should be done is that there should be a good story. And right now I can see the idea of a very great story. So two conches for now and I expect even better. <laughs> nice. So that has been our book review of and a book rating of Super Lucha Cats. And there's a website, guys. What is the website to purchase this book? 
Um, I believe that you can go to luchacat.com, www.luchacat.com. Excellent. And now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, what do you have on your radar? Well, I have a book that um, has been on a lot of people's radar because it is Donnie Kate's brand new book, and it is called Crossover. Now, everybody, most buddies in uh, who are comic readers know that when there is a crossover in uh, the comic book world, that basically means that there's two worlds that generally exist separately, come together, and um, there is a story being told with them in it together. So like if DC and Marvel came together and like fought or whatever, that would be considered a crossover. Or like on TV when um, Grey's Anatomy and blah, blah, blah. But um, this new book series by Donnie Cates, who is like the freaking bell of the comic ball for the past five years. Um, no matter what he touches, it turns to fucking gold in the comic book mm-hmm. industry. Um, he just wrote a, an image number one called Crossover. And um, basically, the how the story goes is that every single superhero and villain you can think of, Marvel, DC, you name it, randomly shows up in the Denver, in Denver, Colorado. Um, but the Denver, Colorado of our reality like of us here living today um and they show up to start an all-out brawl the strange event becomes known as quote unquote the crossover which is eventually contained when one of the supers gets the bright idea to cast a force field around the city so now it's several years later and no one gets in and no one gets out or so it would seem. Meanwhile, the world at large has turned against comics and their beloved archetypes as religious zealots insist that God-fearing Americans must pray the capes away. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So um, that is the premise for Crossover. And um, I'm actually, uh, we got a whole bunch in the store. It came out this last Wednesday. uh, And we, I think on Friday or on Thursday, when I left, we had two copies left. So I'm I'm, uh, expecting to come back on Tuesday and there to be none whatsoever left. So um, I really find it a super, super interesting to have a comic book actually like address what it would be like when the our our heroes that we read and that we know like some of us know every fucking thing about them what that would be like when they when they come into our world and there is a clash so donny cates is an amazing writer um he uh he wrote didn't he write dark no did he write dark arc that we read recently no that was colin bunn uh donny cates has written venom uh but he also has written something for um for uh aftershock aftershock that i can't remember what it is that uh oh baby teeth i think he wrote baby teeth yes i think so 
Anyway, which I really like, which is like a Rosemary's Baby meets like uh, like Juno, I think is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really good. I highly recommend it. Um, even if it isn't Donny Cates that <laughs> wrote it. <laughs> um, but I'm going to check right now if it is. But anyway, this sounds really cool. And um, like I said, it just came out. Your... your um, your comic, your local comic shop probably still has some copies, but if not, they might be able to reorder it. I know we had a couple when, um, when I left on, uh, on Thursday, but there's probably going to be some, uh, second printings coming out. Cause, uh, yeah, it's Donny Cates. So, um, <laughs> let's see, I'm trying to check to see here. I'm trying, you know, when you're trying to figure out who wrote something. Yep. Donny Cates wrote Baby Teeth. I highly recommend that, too. If you're into horror, um, like I said, it, they describe it as Rosemary's Baby meets uh, Juno. And it's basically about this teenage girl who gets pregnant and she's pregnant with um, the with the the uh, the devil's child, basically. So I was just going to say Satan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With Satan's child. So. <laughs> So that is the on my radar. <laughs> yes, the Antichrist. <laughs> well, I have it on my radar. Uh, Brother Voodoo is going to offer Marvel a chance to explore Black spirituality and acceptance. In the movie, The Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange's second movie, and it's set to come out in March 25th, 2022. Oh, so that I'm sounds very... like so far away. I know. We, we think that, but before you know it, it's upon us. Uh, it, the director is Sam Raimi. Uh, it's in Ooh, the wow, wow, and um, the it's in the film series of Doctor Strange's movie kind of title. And um, I, I think this is amazing because uh, I know it's two years before the sequel of Marvel's Doctor Strange and to hit theaters, but it's, it's rumored to present Brother Voodoo, who is also known as Doctor Voodoo. Uh, and uh, should these rumors be true because they're still in the rumor stage um we can see uh it opened the doors to uh what religion and spirit and spirituality could look like for um some of our black brothers and sisters mm -hmm. i mean um I, and let me tell you i'm all about that voodoo stuff i love it i love it <laughs> santeria brujeria voodoo hoodoo i love it i love to watch it on the big screen um it's uh, it's going to also try to establish a respect for the traditional West African spiritual practices and religions. So Interesting. I I am all about that. I hope they I hope they really respect the subject matter. And that's why it's on my radar, because um, most of that stuff, I mean, even the uh, Orishats um, and like all yeah. that, all that stuff, like I, I sometimes feel like it gets a bad rap. I mean, I know there's like uh, on some of these there is like some live, um, um, uh, sacrifices. But at the same oh, time, yeah. at the same time, um, you know that's also a religion. And uh, be and here in the United States, there is the ability to practice freedom of religion. So um, mm -hmm. I feel that sometimes it gets a bad rap because of that, and I get that. But I also eat chicken and eat beef. So I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so what i'm saying is that like i i feel like this uh if they do it right uh they could definitely 
open the doors for it not looking so sinister and so evil quote unquote and actually open up to like actually knowing more about this i mean they did it a little bit in cloak and dagger oh i never seen i didn't watch that yet yeah um they did it because they centered it in louis and uh, uh louisiana i believe mm -hmm. uh, or, or was it new orleans louisiana mm -hmm. and uh you know how they have all the santeria not santeria mm -hmm. but hoodoo and voodoo and yeah. stuff like that and so that was a little bit of uh, they they did a little bit of it was a little bit uh, part of like that family's history and so it kind of was something that was in the back of the story matter but i think i i feel that uh marvel could have the chance to actually um do it right i hope yeah i hope so too i so, hope so too so that's that's on my radar because I love this stuff. I mean, I saw this, I've seen this guy Tinky so many times because I'm just like, uh, one of the biggest things like I don't believe. It's like, uh, <laughs> bitch, you do believe and you're in trouble. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of the things is like that I love about this is like if you don't believe it, then it's it doesn't pertain to you. But most people end up believing in a sense, so it's cool. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that that's on my radar. I can't wait to see what they do with this. So like, I'm gonna be constantly like looking at the news and seeing if they cast anyone and stuff like that. So I'm nice. very excited about this. Yes. And now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Well, today I have a web comic series written by Fran Medina, uh, and she actually has two that I read this last uh, week that I wanted to put out there on um, other people's radar, even though this is Juntos y Fuertes, um, where we <laughs> try to support uh, members of marginalized communities uh, in their endeavors. And she actually posted in the Latinx and Comics uh, Facebook group um, about her web series called Magical Boy Troubles. And um, she described, she says in her post, I'm excited to finally post the comic I've been wanting to make since I was a little girl. Give it a read if LG LGBTQ plus magical girls and flowers are your thing. And when yeah. you <laughs> when you read it, it's her her art style is so uh cute. It's um very anime heavily influenced. And um uh I was reading it and it actually sounded so uh the story basically follows um these two men who are um who are boyfriends and one of them is like a superhero and he's super busy all the time saving people and the other one is somebody who has kind of not low self-esteem but like low self-worth and he always feels like he needs to take care of other people so he has a hard time um, expressing his needs and wants from his boyfriend who is always Aww. out giving more to other people than to him and so um, it's super cute I really enjoyed it I um, I read 
uh, she updates on Mondays, I think it was, and I read everything that's already up and it's just really cute. I really liked it a lot. And um, it made me actually look into if she had anything else available and she does. She has another uh, web series called um, Sirenita. In this one, I read all of this one too, is about this um, this little girl, we meet her um, when she goes on a family beach trip and she finds this tiny little mermaid and she takes the mermaid home and the mermaid actually grows up into an adult mermaid and they actually end up falling in love. And it's such a cute oh, story. Oh. And the the art is so cute and uh, again, very heavily anime um, influenced and I highly recommend it. And um, Fran Medina is the creator's name and you can find both of these webcomic series on Webtoons and Tapas. Nice, that's super cool. Very cool. And also we have another Juntos y Fuertes brought to you by Jen. Jen, what do you have for us today? Yes. So today I have another Kickstarter. This seems to be my thing, Kickstarters. (laughs) (laughs) And it is actually an issue four, but in uh, the works itself, you can also like back it to get the the previous issues. But it's called The Idols of Solan Sehir. And it has been a... It is uh, done by Vera Green Tea and Dadobo, uh, who are, are actually a group that don't reveal their faces. They just do art. And oh, it's wow. a, yeah, and it's a, it's a fantasy book uh, that is just really beautifully done. And it is, uh, The Idols of Sullen Sahir is a moody and bewitching tale of sisters who must unite to help their brother when he comes home from the army with a mysterious relic and visions of another realm. So it's just, it's a book about like two sisters trying to help out uh, their brother who's very obviously suffering from PTSD, but also like there's some magic involved in other dimensions. One of them studying to be a nurse or, uh, and the other one is studying to be a witch. Uh, yes. And it's just, the artwork is beautiful and the idea itself, I really, really liked it as well. Uh, so, uh it's on Kickstarter and you can type in the idols of Solon Sahir uh, or you can type in Vera Green Tea and her name will pop up. She has actually successfully kickstarted this book uh, apparently four times because this is issue number four. Oh, wow. It's actually, yeah. And it's actually already hit its goal uh, of $9,500. Uh, it has 537 uh, backers, but if you're interested, and I highly, highly do recommend it because it looks so beautiful, and I have seen like some snippets of it as well uh, from people that I follow, uh, and it still has 25 days to go. So if you want like a very oh, wow, beautiful, that's great. Yeah, it, it's it's already hit its goal, it's surpassed its goal, uh, and it still has a lot of time to go, but it is it is very, very beautiful. And the idea itself is really, really solid as well. So uh, you can either pledge just two dollars and you get a digital copy of the book. Wow! Or you can pledge, oh, cool. Yeah, uh, or you can pledge eight and then you get the digital copy of issues one through four, uh, and you can get all caught up. You don't have to pledge a lot, but I, it's a book that 
really hits everything that I love. It's got family themes, it's got fantasy, a little bit of sci-fi, but mostly fantasy. And I and it it is centered around sisters, so it's it's great for all ages as well. So the idols of Solon Sahir. Nice. All right, guys, it is now time for saludos. And saludos goes out today to Eddie D'Angelini, who, if you guys <laughs> did not know, is the creator uh, and artist of Collectors. But not only that, <laughs> <laughs> he is married to our wonderful, amazing uh, Kristen. So anyway, He's not Gin saludando because of that. He has, <laughs> <laughs> he right now. Although that's the most important part. That is the most yeah. important part. <laughs> <laughs> he actually is selling Wakanda Forever prints. And uh, it he is offering a free copy of Spawn number 311, which is a Chadwick Boseman tribute variant cover by, um, I forgot his name. Uh, Todd McFarlane. Todd McFarlane. Yes. I'm like, I, you know what? It was at the tip of my tongue, but I'm like, I couldn't quite grasp it. Um, also, Eddie D'Angelini right now has participated in an anthology book that is on Kickstarter Live right now. It has ten days left. It's called Nightmare Theater. Um, it's a Kickstarter, and it's like an, uh, an anthology of contributions of the likes of Terry Mayo, um, Caden Phoenix, Peter Burrieta, it's the Sebastian Kalegic, Steve Prince. Uh, there's a lot of amazing creators that have contributed to this anthology. So. Saludos to Eddie D'Angelini, who is a very hardworking man, just has a lot of stuff going on. But if you have not received your Wakanda Forever print, I really suggest you go to collectors.com. Collectors Comic. Collectorscomic.com. Thank you, Kristen. Um, <laughs> for your Wakanda Forever print that, while supplies last, can include a free copy of Spawn number 311. So saludos to you, sir. And I just want to add that um, the print itself costs $15 and 100% of the proceeds go to the American Cancer Society. So he started, he, he drew the print um, in honor uh, of Chadwick Boseman when uh, he passed away. And then he um, basically decided to give all of the proceeds from the selling of the print specifically to the cancer, uh, American Cancer Society. And another little personal thing, he he's had cancer touch him personally as well. His father passed away from lung mm -hmm. cancer. So um, it's, a, it's a, a cause very close to his heart. And he definitely um, would appreciate all of your support. Yes. Thank you yeah, so definitely. much for that. Yes. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, where can they find us, girls? You can always find us at um, on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres eComics, where Sarah always is sharing her yummy, tasty, um, beer tasting experiences and extravaganzas. I always get so jealous when I see them. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Comic Comadres, where you will see me retweet a bunch of art, like a lot of art. I retweet a lot of art. <laughs> <laughs> but you can also dm us as well uh, if twitter is your thing also you can email us directly to comadrecomics at gmail.com also uh in the works is comadrecomics 
www.ncpsocialcapital.com. Uh, it will redirect you. Uh, also, do not forget to like and subscribe on all your favorite streaming platforms. Uh, also, Kristen, we have something going on to win a autographed Quince hardcover bilingual edition copy. That's right. So if you um, actually rate us and leave a, um, a rating or a comment or what is the verbiage for that on your favorite platform, streaming platform, you will be entered into a drawing for a um, a hardcover of the bilingual edition of Quince comic which is amazing and you can't live your life without it and it doesn't even have to be a good review you can leave a, a review saying how horrible it is that we um, <laughs> drink so many IPAs on the show <laughs> um, so it, as long as you leave a review you will be entered into the drawing and I believe this is going on through until when did we say like the end of the year i wanted to actually bring that up and say why don't we do it when we get our new president sworn in in january okay sure <laughs> i know we said i know we gave a different end date in the previous episode but we kind of forgot <laughs> <laughs> yeah who knows? so until until Jan january is a good date so until january uh please like uh and subscribe to us on every platform that we are on and please leave us a review as well we will enter you to win and we will announce the winner uh some sometime in january <laughs> yes uh yeah just leave us a review like your podcast is shite you know <laughs> we'd, we'd greatly appreciate any type of feedback you guys are amazing thank you for listening most of all uh we are also on the verge of launch launching a a Patreon as well. Uh, I was going to say Parthenon. <laughs> a Pantheon. <laughs> no, we are, we are set to launch a Patreon. We haven't launched it yet, but if you would like to support us and get some exclusive content uh, and even some uh, possibly early access to ev uh, episodes as well, uh, we will be setting up our Patreon information up pretty soon as well. So keep tiers, an eye out for that. One of the tiers will even be reading pages of Sarah and Jen's journals. <laughs> Bold of you to assume I have a journal and I just don't spout shit off of my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Free form. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I had a journal and I have copies of all of them. So. Oh, I do too. I have my high school journal. Oh, we should totally do that. <laughs> I, but you know what I can't readings of a high school god. <laughs> okay, I, I didn't keep alone. a journal. Uh -huh. I didn't keep a journal, but I do have my high school fan fiction, and I can read. Oh off of that. my god! Like that—that's even that better. is some serious cringy shit. If y'all want it, uh, y'all are gonna have to actually pay for that though. So that's why Patreon subscription. Uh, no, but we will have different tiers set up and it's going to be a once a month thing, but we are still setting it up. Please keep an eye out. And if you would love to support us, we would really, really love it. Yes, I am trying to talk them into doing a beer and chat uh, yes. tier, guys. So keep 
keep that in mind. If you like beer and you like chatting with us, my <laughs> God, keep keep an eye out for that. Um, uh, you could also find us on Snapchat. Uh, I just finished the uh, October run, but I'm hoping to create more content in order to share it on our Snapchat. Be sure to follow us on all the social media platforms as well. Thank you so much for listening. We are so grateful for your support. We have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.